It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Trisankos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Well, this is the last episode <laughs> of our first season. This season, we talked about walking this thing called life out, you know, walking it through. through. (laughs) Yes. We talked about our big Catholic word challenges. We talked about getting out those knee pads and dropping to our knees, taking rides much too often on that struggle bus and all the tools we have in our tool belt. We talked about hitting that brick wall, getting gut punched and and (laughs) doing everything we can to be good Catholic wives and mothers. And we hope we have expressed that despite all our mistakes and all the things we didn't know, that God was there all along helping us. And we shared how we unashamedly embrace our Protestant roots. And mm-hmm. we expressed how thankful we are that we found our way to the Catholic church. And you know, I, I often think how close I came to never even knowing about the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist and all the beauty of the Catholic church. Yes, that is something that the church is paying attention to right now, reverence for the mm-hmm. Eucharist. And I, I'm, I love that that was part of everything we were talking about. Um, I, I really loved the second episode. Um, this is number 12. I really love the second one we did when we talked about your, your struggle bus, <laughs> about letting the men in the church decide your fate. I, I love mm-hmm. how you just said that out loud. I say a lot that I think people in ministry would benefit from having a better understanding what the church looks like from the outside in Mm -hmm. instead of from the inside out um, empathy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it was very profound that you thought those men in white robes, you know, the priests who who hold our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, Mm -hmm. um, that those men in white robes, because that's what they look like when you're first coming into the church. Who are these men? We don't know them. We don't know what it means to be a priest. We Mm -hmm. don't know that. I mean, pastors and and Protestant churches are very different from priests in the Catholic church. I kept hearing Stacy say that God in the process, see God Mm -hmm. in the process, see God in those men those priests, see God in the church. Um, And so you weren't just like having a side conversation with God. Hey, God, I'm trusting you. Make them do what I want them to do. Mm -hmm. You were trusting God through the church, which is exactly what the church tells us we're supposed to do. We both learn to trust the church. So even though we're advising the church priests and lay ministers to empathize with converts, seeing the church from the outside in and hoping that we're helping them do that better, Even more, we're encouraging anyone facing annulment or any other submission issue with the church and all Mm -hmm. her rules to try to see God in the process, too. Having looked at the church from the outside in and now being on the inside, we're telling that you you, that you can trust this process. Mm -hmm. Maybe Christ is calling you to help make things better, to be a healing member of the body of Christ. And Mm Stacey, I think about your beautiful, docile heart. Um, 
in the way you always say, it's the goodness of God that draws people to the church. Um, I've been hurt in life. People have hurt me. And sometimes I think I've reflexively learned to look for what can hurt me or my loved ones and focus on that. Like I always want to be one step ahead of the game. It's a control freak issue. I focus on that instead of the goodness. And i that's one of the things I just keep remembering from that annulment episode, um, mm. how you taught me to remember the goodness and to trust the process, trust God in the process. We're all alike in one way. And that is, you know, we, we have all been hurt. I mean, we have either, all of us have either just walked out of something, about to walk into something, or we're smack dab in the middle of something right now. I mean, and we need to link arms with each other and, and remind each other, you know, speak life into each other and the mm-hmm. situations that we're going through and remind each other that really is the goodness of God that draws people to the church and draws people to repentance and just point people back to Jesus when they're struggling because mm-hmm. it's so easy to run from Jesus when we're hurting. And he just he's just sitting there with his arms open wanting us to run mm-hmm. to him. And, you know, I've been thinking this week, it's you know, how sometimes we want the benefits of family without responsibility to the family, mm-hmm. like using the reputation, friendships, money that the family has. The parents have worked so hard for to, you know, the kids will want that to further themselves or maybe to get a job or to buy the things they want or even sometimes to get out of trouble that they get into yep. and yep. using that family name to benefit themselves, but not wanting to submit to any family rules or relationships. And I have seen this play out in families with young kids and old many times. Taking without giving will always drain mm-hmm. the account. They'd even, you know, you can even say that about marriage too, a husband and wife where, you know, they want the benefits of having a spouse, someone to take care of them, have sons and daughters with, someone to lean on when life gets hard and even using the marriage to get into certain circles. I mean, how many times have people put on those everything's just fine masks to avoid losing position or reputation, yet they don't want the monogamous commitment, tenderness or respect for one another that being married requires. Again, withdrawals without deposits will always drain the account. We have to pour into one another support one another, link arms, build those relationships. And see, there you go with another one of your little one-liners. <laughs> that <laughs> We need a whole t-shirt series of your one-liners. <laughs> um, I love that withdrawals. I mean, because that, that is something, Stacey, I will think about because I, even just lately this week, it's been on my heart um, with, with our parent, my husband and I are having to think about our parents getting older and and them needing help health wise. And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about all the things you were teaching in this season about um, the sandwich generation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm asking myself that very question, have I been making a lot of withdrawals, um, even from my parents, from my husband, maybe from my kids too, without, without putting back in? I mean, I was, we were at my sister's house and I was so impressed at the way my little sister she's nine years younger, she invests in her people. Mm. She, she puts into her people. I was just watching her do things and she is just investing in her people. And I'm like, you know, my negative brain, I'm like, do I do that enough? Do I do that? Do I, don't, I don't think I invest in my people the way she does. I mean, I need to be, but I was trying harder this week to do that, to, to um, listen and invest. But I think we need to talk much more about marriage in the next season. I think that is something that maybe we want to try to unpack, as they say. 
because Stacy and I, we do have that that outside in view of Catholic, um, the sacrament of matrimony. We we had failed relationships before becoming Catholic, and we're we're trying with a new understanding. At least I am trying with a new understanding to to really understand what marriage is. I don't I don't think I ever really understood it before being Catholic. So I think we need to talk about that. There was recently a world meeting of families in Rome with the theme family love, a vocation, and a path to holiness. And there are all kinds of resources that were issued there, teachings, catechesis. One of the, that means teachings. One of the messages is that God calls us by name before time began. And Stacy, you say that a lot, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. God gave, put everything in us we need to be the wives and mothers mm-hmm. um, that we're supposed to be. And for men, the fathers and husbands or whatever mm-hmm. they're called to, if they're called to the single life. Um, and if we're married, we're answering God's, God's call to do what we're meant to do. Like we're supposed to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And we must continually accept the grace to do it. So grace is another thing we talk a lot about as Catholics. What does that mean? Which is why we need Christ in our marriage. We need that grace of the sacrament of matrimony. And that in turn means we need to understand what love is, willing the good of the other. There's so much to talk about for such a simple message, but I think we're good, that part of our getting real in the next season is going to be tied to some of that. First Corinthians tells us that whatever we do, we are to do it all to the glory of God. I love that you have scripture for everything. <laughs> <laughs> and whether that is investing in our kids, whatever relationship we're in, our spouses, it can also apply to the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, not wanting to drain any relationship or make withdrawals without deposits, the church, we know the the church, the Catholic church is the fullness of of truth. And a lot of Catholics want the benefits of the church, like the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Oh my goodness. That's what drew me to the church. I Mm -hmm. wanted all of Jesus, the, (laughs) you know, me and him, him and me, that oneness. I wanted that desperately. Or maybe it's the peace that going to confession brings. Oh my goodness. I walk away from confession and it's like this load has been lifted off of me Mm -hmm. or making sure that our babies get baptized. But all along, without any real commitment to the church, that is making withdrawals without. Yeah, exactly. Even our relationship with Jesus himself. We want Jesus on our own terms. When you said that before. (laughs) And it, and we want it when it, we want Jesus when he's convenient to us. We shouldn't, but I mean, you know, this, stuff that covers our bodies is stuff called flesh. I mean, sometimes we want Jesus when it's convenient. When we get in trouble, we want to reach out to him. When we are scared, we reach out to him. When we need help, we reach out to him. How many times do we hit our knees and pray when we're on vacation and we don't have any stresses in life? I mean, that again is just wanting to make a withdrawal and not willing to put in the time and the commitment mm-hmm. that it takes to make the deposits. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like going to dinner at someone's house and showing up just in time to eat and then leaving as soon as you clear your plate. 
That's oh called eating and running in Texas. That, yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. a bad thing to do. <laughs> Don't eat and run. No, I, no, they've planned and prepared for you to come over. They've cleaned the house. They've cooked your meal. And you know what? They didn't do it just to feed you. They did it because they want to have relationship. Mm -hmm. They are investing in you. And and we just had an amazing meal with some friends over the weekend. I mean, she is mm -hmm. an amazing cook. Oh, so good. I was so stuffed. But we just... We, not only do we enjoy the meal, but oh my goodness, we so enjoyed the fellowship. We mm -hmm. laughed. We got to know each other. We had a wonderful time. I can't wait to do it again. You know, Jesus has planned and prepared for us and he longs to have relationship with mm -hmm. us. You know, he he feeds us every time we come to him. He gave his life to have relationship with us. I mean, think about this. If Jesus yeah. had not given his life for us and redeemed us, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, three in one, our God would have spent eternity alone. No one would have made it to heaven without his precious sacrifice and shedding of his precious blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The word tells us that. He didn't want to spend eternity alone. He wanted to have relationship with us. God so loved us so much that he gave his only son for us. Oh, how he wants relationship mm -hmm. with us. Oh, how much he loves us, but he won't force himself on us. He won't right. force us. He, we have to make the choice to invest in a relationship with him. I don't think, I mean, having, having been in that world as a chemist, like I never thought about investing in relationships. I, I was that eat and run person. I mean, I, that's how come I know that phrase because people would look at me and say, now you're not just going to eat and run, are you? And, yeah, and I'd be like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. This is very, I was very utilitarian about it. I, I you know, I regret, I hurt my grandmother's feelings sometimes mm -hmm. because I would do that and she would cook me a meal and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to sit down and eat it and I'm going gonna, and I'm gonna to go because I, I need to go. And she would be hurt. And it just mm -hmm. uh, it pains me now to look back on that because I, I can't sit down with the meals to her with her anymore because she's gone. Mm. But it is all about love. The world doesn't know what that means anymore, Stacy. And mm -hmm. I know I didn't when I was only a chemist. I couldn't make sense of my emotions or my feelings. And I did break all my relationships. Literally, that's why I ended up so lonely. It's why I'm so passionate now about the church's teaching. It breaks my heart that people don't know what love is, especially in this post-Roe era, as we're mm -hmm. calling it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's so simple. Love is willing the good of the other, and, and love is ultimately God. Um, but it can mm -hmm. heal all the wounds in our lives. It can heal all the wounds in our lives. It does sound simple, right? And it reminds me of that song, All We Need Is Love. I'm not going to sing it for you, but yeah. <laughs> love hurts. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a lot of songs about love, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. But simply put, you're right. God is love. And so all we need is God. If we love like he loves, then we will do what it takes to make our relationships grow and produce the healthy fruit that he wants our relationships to produce. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's going to take our families in order for our families to grow. It's going to take time investing fellowship, investing in each other, spending that time together, building those relationships. I mean, that's what it's going to take to make our marriages grow, respecting each other, spending that time with each other, investing. That's what it takes to make the church grow. Yeah. Spending that time, investing in one another, commitment, reverence, relationship. It's what it Jesus wants from us so that our relationship with him grows stronger, investing that time, relationship, commitment. 
we are simply relational people and we were created for relationship, but we have to do our part. We have to work at it. We have mm -hmm. to invest in these relationships. And we seem to live in a society where we we take what we want when it benefits us without making any deposits back into the relationships we have. And these one-sided relationships are draining and in the end won't last because, I mean, it takes two to tango, whether it's good or bad. No one is designed to carry both sides of a relationship. We just can't make withdrawals and never make deposits. I want to share a little dogmatic theology that changed my life. And I love talking about dogmatic theology. Um, if you're wondering what that is, it's systematic theology. It's like taking what God revealed to us and figuring out what Christ was trying to teach us, what the church's teaching is. When we talk about the church's teaching or catechesis. It all comes from divine revelation, what God, what God told us, things we couldn't have figured out on our own, like the Holy Trinity. And as I, I remember growing up as a Baptist, as a little girl, I heard about the Holy Trinity, God, mm -hmm. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But I never really thought about what that means. Taking this graduate level course at Holy Apostles College and Seminary, we had to take this class called the One and Triune God. Floored me. It floored me to learn, you know, I'm a chemist who thinks about everything as atoms and molecules. And I'm hearing this. And I'll try to explain it here real quickly because I think it's very relevant to um, not making withdrawals without any deposits to our marriages, to the church, to Jesus. The Holy Trinity goes like this. God the Father conceived, generated God the Son. So that means God thought the second person of the Holy Trinity. God conceived, generated, kind of like we think of giving birth um, and thinking of ideas. God spoke him. That's why we call Christ the word. Um, it's kind of like when we think of an idea and then communicate it with our words because we're made in the image and likeness of God. So we, we try to do the same thing, only we don't do it perfectly. We don't speak perfectly. God the Father thought God the Son so perfectly, eternally, giving all of himself to the Son except to be the Son, that God the Father and God the Son are the same God, but different persons. Like the, the persons are the relationships. That's what they teach you. And then we say that God, the Father and God, the Son together as one substance. So God, the, the divine essence, spirated forth, breathed forth God, the Holy Spirit in love, willing. So the two became one so perfectly again that they are three. <laughs> and it's not mathematical, see, that they mm -hmm. are three persons, one God. Mm -hmm. And so. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, they're three different persons because of their relationships, but they're one God. Mm -hmm. And like the closest thing we have to that is marriage and the family. Many mm -hmm. people, one family. That's the closest thing we have to it. And we try to have those relationships as perfectly, but we never can. We never can have them perfectly. But we have ourselves, we have those spiritual powers of conceiving of ideas, of generating thoughts, of communicating with each other, that we have that same ability and we have the same ability, the same spiritual power to make choices, to will, to love, to put the good of the other first, to choose what is true and good and beautiful over what is false and bad and ugly. And, and we can, we literally can chart our paths, but only if we are tied to God only if we have hope and faith and that ultimate love, which is God. God is truth. 
God is love. And so you see those two things in the Holy Trinity. That just floored me when I learned that. Like, mm -hmm. now I understand why I love my kids so much. It hurts. Now I understand why I have to invest in my relationships. Now I understand why I can't just be Stacy all alone in the world, that I need mm -hmm. people and I need God. That changed everything um, for me. And so that that's like, that's why I love dogmatic theology, because it taught me those things. It connects all the dots for us. Yeah, the church makes sense. It does. So we thought today for our last episode, like we said at the beginning, this is the last episode for this season. Mm -hmm. We wanted to discuss some things that we learned doing this first season, some highlights, our favorite moments, and maybe touch on what we plan to do during our hiatus. Okay, Stacey, what was your favorite episode this season? Well, mine was the pregnant teenager episode. There were actually two. Um, we, I felt like we really got real in those episodes because we're still trying to discern that vocation, that call to get it real. And I, I think we got it right in those episodes. We shared personal stories, but we didn't overshare, as they say. Yeah. Um, I, I've always, in my work in the church, I've kept it safe in the faith and science arena, not really talking much about my personal life. Like when you explain dogmatic theology, you don't really have to say too much about your own personal life. And I feel like maybe sometimes people get the impression just because I know those things from learning about theology that that I practice everything perfectly in my life. Nope, I don't. No. Um, I, I feel like now what we're doing um, as evangelists, as evangelizing, I, I feel like it really reflects more of who I am. Those episodes mm -hmm. and the ones we did about letting our grown children go actually brought mm -hmm. about healing in my family and relationships with my oldest daughters. They saw that they could trust me with their stories because um, I wasn't just saying, I hear you. I was telling the world that I heard them. Mm -hmm. um, and it helped me focus on the positive that God brought about and less on the negative worries about all the things I can't control. I personally have grown because of of your little Stacy-isms. <laughs> like, I know we say walk it through a lot, but that you said that first, Stacy. And, and there's so many times I'm having a bad day. I'm like, just get through it. Get through mm -hmm. it. Keep mm -hmm. going. Um, and I know in struggle bus, I, I never heard anybody say that till you did. Um, and, and it is like, I, I feel like the wheels on the bus go round and round and I'm just <laughs> hitting on that bus and my head's bobbing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm walking through that fire mm -hmm. <laughs> on the struggle bus, but just, just saying, Hey, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And we could laugh about it. It's like, yeah, we all struggle. Um, and when you say it's the goodness of God that draws people in, uh, like I said before, that that really challenges me to focus on the goodness and stop focusing on all the anxieties. I love this about you, Stacey, because y'all don't hear all the stuff we cut out. Um, <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to leave bloopers. some of that in. <laughs> we need a bloopers episode. <laughs> we have a lot of I laugh my head off when I'm editing the episodes. But Stacey, you're that kind of friend that I know, not just with me, but everybody in your life. I know 100% of the time that whatever I tell you, you're going to see the bright side of it, whether it's about something ugly. Um, just before we recorded today, I was telling you about a heckler who is um, not, on the abortion issue is is calling me and texting me and leaving messages, um, calling me names, being abusive. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you about that person and you went right to love. You're like, I bet that person's really struggling. <laughs> that person's, I'm like, no, I'm mad at that person. It's not fair. Um, I'm worried I'm going to get hurt. I'm worried about my safety. But um, you go right to the bright side of things. And it's something ugly in me. You see the good in it. 
or there's something I'm anxious about, you see the good. Um, and so I actually do think to myself a lot now, like, you know, I always think, what would Jesus do? Like, we're supposed <laughs> to do that as Catholics. But a lot of times I'm like, what would Stacy say? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and I try to, I try to just belt out that laugh and be more like Stacy. <laughs> Okay, oh so what God. was your favorite episode? Oh, well, I think mine was when we discussed annulment. And the reason for that is, of course, we talked about how scary the tribunal was and how mm -hmm. overwhelming that process was. But there was a part in there that you were talking about how you went to mass. But before you, there was such a, a long period in there where you were coming into the church and you went to mass crossing your arms to receive a blessing while dragging your babies with you, mm -hmm. not caring what anyone thought or how hard it must have been to juggle those kids and to make that commitment every day to be there. And if I just stopped right there, oh my gosh, good night Almighty, how inspiring is that? <laughs> but I was thinking about it and literally it brought me, I mean, my literally brought me to tears. My eyes welled up with tears when I thought about your commitment there, Stacy. oh my goodness, you weren't going to daily mass to receive Jesus. You went to daily mass just to get close to him. Oh, I can't tell you what that did to me when I was like, oh my goodness, what? How beautiful. You know, and it reminded me of that scripture um, in Hebrews. It says without, okay, so in the my my translation growing up always said without faith it's impossible to please him for who mm -hmm. because when we come to him we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him well in the catholic translation it says without faith it's impossible to please him for whoever would approach god and you did you were approaching god every day must believe that he exists you did you believed he was right there and that he was a rewarder of those it says and that he rewards those who seek him but you had such faith to believe i'm going to go approach god i believe that he's right there and i just want to get close to him even if i can't take the eucharist yet i just want to be close to him and that just it's beautiful. It was so beautiful and so inspiring. And I just, I've not seen that before, that commitment. And I just loved it. It really, really touched me. It really spoke to me. And it makes me want to, you know, up my game. It makes me want to mm -hmm. seek him more. It makes me want to just drop to my knees and just, Lord, I want, I want all of you. I want more of you. I want to go to daily mass. I mean, why wouldn't I go every time the doors were open? I just, it just really touched me. And then, you know what, your vulnerability and some of the things that you shared there, it, you know, you're just your your vulnerability this whole season, this whole every episode is just a breath of fresh air. You're transparent and you're vulnerable. And, you know, people people don't feel like they can really open up unless somebody opens up to them first. And that's what you've done. I mean, you've created an atmosphere where people respond, they reach out, they communicate, they they leave messages on Facebook. And, and I just feel like you've created an atmosphere where they feel safe enough to do that. And I love that about you. And, and one thing that you said was, God was there all along. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he's there all along. We look back over our lives and how he orchestrates our our connections and the people that we meet and the jobs that we take and just all of our interactions in life. When we look back, you can see how God is leading and guiding us, even when we didn't know it. And he was there all along. 
So you've just really inspired me this season, and I can't wait to see what happens next season. I can't wait to see either. And thank you, Stacy. There you are again, just seeing all the good things. And I love, Stacy, that you quote scripture a lot. I love it. <laughs> and it's funny when you, you quote scripture the way you remembered it, and then you quote the Catholic translation. Um, you're, you're teaching me to to use scripture because, I, I mean, Catholics kind of get beat up sometimes because people say we don't read the Bible enough. We do. Yeah. Um, but But we don't have that infectious love sometimes of scripture. And I love that you're always quoting scripture and you have scripture to quote for everything. <laughs> and I, I think it maybe it's good to end this season with scripture with, um, this is actually the first chapter of the Bible I ever memorized that, um, St. Paul's message to the Corinthians about love where in first Corinthians 13, where he says, if I speak without love, I'm just making noise. <laughs> That's the safety translation. But yes. if I have all these smarts, I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge. I'm thinking like chemistry. <laughs> if I have all faith to move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. It's like mm -hmm. nothing. Nothing else matters. Right. I love how that chapter goes on. And, and I think maybe that's kind of going to be a key to what we do in, in season two, yes. um, especially that last part, faith, hope, and love remain these three, but the greatest as everybody knows of these is love. Love is key. I mean, it says in that chapter, uh, first Corinthians 13, love is patient. Mm -hmm. Love is kind. Mm -hmm. The kindness of God draws all men. Mm -hmm. <laughs> love yeah. is kind. Love is not jealous. It's not pompous. It's not inflated or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It doesn't seek its own interest. It's not quick tempered. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So and this convicting. is my favorite part. This is my favorite part of that whole chapter. It bears all things, mm. believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is strong. Love is powerful. It's not weak to love someone. It's not weak to love someone when they're being ugly to you. It takes more strength to reach out in love than it does to respond to an attack in an ugly way. Mm -hmm. it, it takes so much intestinal fortitude to love. And I think that's why it says Faith, hope, and love remain, and the greatest of these is love. I'm Stacy Trisenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time, or next season. <laughs> if you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>